Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are tuned to the Nighttime Podcast, focused on the fringe of Canada. As anyone who listens to Nighttime should know, I often request story ideas from listeners, and many of those ideas go on to be featured on the show. The story we will soon get into came in the form of a listener request, but it wasn't a lone request. For me, this all started last month, on an average day in November. I woke up, poured a coffee, and swiped open my phone to see what was what in the world. But instead of finding local news updates and pictures social media influencers took of their breakfast, I came face to face with an agitated mob that had my email and social media accounts surrounded. It wasn't your typical lynch mob, fortunately. They were actually quite jovial. Instead of torches and pitchforks, they all just had their phones out showing me a viral video taken in Ontario. The short video was filmed on October 3rd by a hunter out looking for partridge with his wife and grandchild. Now, the video itself, it, it isn't much to look at. You just see a nearly still image of the dense forest that spans rural Ontario. It's the sound of the video that makes this special. See, this hunter, Gino Mikas, he started filming after becoming startled by a type of howl he had never heard before. After sharing the video to YouTube, people took notice, and a discussion started. Just like Gino, no one seemed to be able to definitively identify the animal heard in the video. But there were some folks on the fringes of the discussion who recognized this almost human howl, and they were confident they knew what it was. They thought it was Bigfoot, and they considered Gino's video proof that there are Sasquatch, in northwestern Ontario. And when I received all these excited messages about the video, I couldn't resist. I had to join the excited mob. Now, I don't know what causes it, but there's something within me that makes me unable to ignore a video said to contain Bigfoot, a UFO, or anything similar. And on top of that, I'm a news junkie. So when these worlds combined, and mainstream media started covering a video that may or may not have included Bigfoot, I was in 100%. And since I have a podcast and you're listening to it, you're going to come along with me. Tonight, in this episode of Nighttime, our topic is both Gino's video and the question it raises. Was it a Sasquatch in northwestern Ontario? As I mentioned in the introduction, when Gino uploaded this video to YouTube, it quickly found its way into the internet's more colorful corners. And that's where the discussion started. The message boards, Twitter, Facebook, all sorts of people, but mainly Bigfoot enthusiasts, stoked the flames of curiosity. 
And then, as the video floated to the top of the white noise that is the internet, it became the cream of the internet's weird crop, and the mainstream media took notice. When the many news articles were published, describing the video and linking back to Gino's YouTube upload, it simply exploded. Skeptics and believers squared off, and the war began. Of the many articles written, the one that seemed to have the most legs, meaning the one that spread the furthest and the widest, it appeared on vice.com. It was penned by my fellow Canadian UFO hunter and paranormal-type journalist, MJ Benias. Now, to put this video in context, I gave MJ a quick call. And this will set up what's to come later in the episode. MJ, I come to you as I often do. You released an article on Vice that blew my mind and led me down kind of the rabbit hole of Gino's, uh, I guess, Bigfoot encounter. Tell me how you came across this video and what led to you kind of being interested to the point that you wrote this article. Well, you know, I've always been interested in in monster sightings and or, or monster tales and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I kind of hover around the the, the UFO paranormal cryptid reddits and uh, various sort of forums and, and news sites because that's really where you get these little sort of fringy news stories that pop up. Um, and he posted the video to YouTube. And within a short period of time, it, it went viral, uh, especially within sort of the cryptid community. Um, and that's sort of just how I found it. I, I found it really compelling. The, the, the sound is frightening uh, when you listen to the, the sound on the video. Um, and I just, I thought this was, this is a great little story out of Canada that, that I think, you know, the world should know about. Mm-hmm. And when you say go, when the video went viral, like how far did this go in the short amount of time from when he released it to when you uh, caught wind of it? Yeah, when I caught wind of it, it had something like twenty or thirty thousand views, um, which for you know a YouTube video on a channel that had only you know a couple hundred subscribers it was, was quite good. It only had three, he only has three videos on his on his YouTube channel at the time anyway. So um, I, I reached out to him and, and we we spoke, um, but you know there's always that lag time between you know the article being written and then it goes to the editor. So within that week. Uh, of sort of lag time, you know, the video had uh, acquired another thirty or forty thousand views um, to the point where it's sitting closer to the hundred thousand mark. And then, you know, I think after the article, it sort of exploded. So um, there's been a lot of people looking at it. Um, it made the local news in his province. Um, it made the national news in Canada, and then it sort of made the international news when it hit Vice. So um, yeah, we've you know, it's been a, it's, it's been an interesting ride for him, I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm sure you're you're looking at what the different theories are and kind of what people are discussing. Like, what do you make of, I'm sure you aren't going to solve it, but what do you make out of kind of the leading kind of theories as to what this could be? Well, you know, obviously you always have to sort of check your facts and, and you know, do I think that this was, um, you know, Bigfoot himself. I don't know. I'm not too sure. When I contacted the Ontario Department of Natural Resources, they uh, put me in touch with one of their um, sort of specialists in in, in mammals in the, the forests of northern Ontario. Um, and, and they said that it was, you know, probably a large mammal that was injured. Um, one theory was it was a wolf potentially sort of howling in pain. Um, but again, you know, 
just like the they said in their in their public statement um, you know without actually seeing the animal we don't know what it is we can't you know 100% confirm it's a wolf um, someone else posted online that it was a um, an animal like a moose or something or, or a large deer um, that again may have been injured and then sort of screaming um, so there's a lot of theories um, obviously the cryptid community is very excited um, but, you know it could be Bigfoot and um, that's always fun you know it's a hope springs eternal as they say <laughs> Now that MJ Benias gave us a bit of background on the video, how it was being spread and what type of discussion surrounded it, we're ready to make our way to the main course of the episode, hearing the video itself and speaking with the man who filmed it, Gino Mikas. So let's start with the video. As I said earlier, there's really not much to see with your eyes, as the camera is simply pointed at the surrounding tree line. The audio, however, that's something altogether different. Before we meet Gino and hear his side of the story, let's listen in on what he recorded. So, so Gino, I'm so excited to get to talk to you. I've been reading about you, and I've watched your video that you released, honestly, probably a hundred times. So, let's just just to start, tell me a bit about yourself. Like, who are you? I'm a, just a regular guy, I guess. I'm 39 years old. And I like fishing. I in the summer I go fishing every evening until I can't see anything anymore. <laughs> That's all I pretty much do. Go. Hiking in the woods, we'll walk around, so see if I see anything to eat. Just a dude who encountered something really weird in the woods. Why don't you, like, let's get into into this. Like, where were you when, when you filmed this? You know, it's about 45 kilometers northeast of Sulcos, where I live. Okay. And uh, we, were on a, we were on a dirt road. What were you doing and, uh, out there? Were you like, were you hunting, or what? What were you doing? Because it look the video makes it look like you're way in the woods. Yeah, we we were way in the woods. We we uh, we were uh, looking for grouse, partridges, partridge, partridge. Okay, yeah, I've 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 seen them before. I'm in Nova Scotia. I, I remember once I was with my dad. We were driving on on the highway when I was a kid, and I remember there was like a big bird on the road, and my dad said whoa that's a partridge on the road so we stopped the car and then the partridge like stood up to get off the road and when it stood up it had like 
all these babies underneath it. That's my only experience with a partridge. <laughs> but uh, there, it's like chicken, is it? If you if you eat it, is that what it tastes like? Yeah, yeah, it tastes like chicken. Yeah. Cool. So, so you were way out in the woods. So tell me about the day. Like, what? Who were you with, and kind of what was going on leading up to this video being filmed? Uh, we were just driving on the side roads off of this dirt road. There's like little little roads. Mm-hmm. We we're just driving there. Checking places where I usually see the partridges, mm-hmm. and uh, as we got back to the main dirt road, that's when we stopped. And then we parked across the road, and then we walked down this other trail to look for some more. Mm-hmm. And as we we're coming back, that's when we start hearing that that scream, I guess. Yeah, and so. Was it going on for long? Like in the video, you really hear what to me sounds pretty clearly like something screaming bloody murder. Like, did you hear it for for much long for a while before you started recording? Mm, maybe about twenty thirty seconds. Okay, before I started recording. And in the video, it sounds like it's a little far off. But in person, like, did it sound like? Did you feel like this was something close to you making the sound? Yeah, maybe about less than a kilometer away. Like, like this, it's really hilly and lots of rocks and cliffs around that area. Probably why it sounds like it has a lot of reverb on it or something. Yeah, that makes sense. And it seems like you knew kind of the, this area. Like, is this woods that you've been in a lot? Yeah, I go there all the time. Yeah. Did you ever hear anything like this before? I never heard nothing like that ever. Mm-hmm. When you heard this and you recorded it, did you decide that you were going to go towards it and investigate, or did you, or did you, or did the sound stop? Like, what happened after you heard it? Uh, at first, I wasn't scared, but then I started to get scared. And, and I, I thought of going over to trying to look for what where it was coming from. Mm-hmm. But then it was dusk, so probably it was going to get dark within like 10 minutes or so. Yeah. It, in the direction so, the sound was coming from, do you know what's over there? Like, was this, you know, heavy? There's like a like a little little pond or lake that's towards that area. Mm-hmm. There's like running, all the water runs towards that area. Okay, interesting. So if there was a big animal, it would kind of make sense for the animal maybe to go down that way looking for you know, fish or food of some sort. Yeah. Um, are there many bears in that, that part of Canada? Yeah, lots of bears. Okay, because one thing I saw people saying is that it, it could have been uh, an injured bear or bears fighting. I don't, I don't yeah, like, I do you hear bears often? Like, does that sound to you anything yeah. like a bear? No, I never heard a bear like that. I heard, I heard bears, like, when they're dying and getting shot, and, but I never heard bear sound like that ever whatever made that sound seems pretty unique like did you ever see anything else that was odd out there um, no i just went i seen a really huge wolf one time like it was probably the size of a caribou jesus and then uh in june i smelled this awful thing mm-hmm. like this really awful smell while i was fishing maybe about five kilometers from where i heard that thing huh. that's the only other experience i ever had with something like that now this whole thing with with the sound, uh, the, the screaming or whatever it was that that you filmed in October, 
Do you have any idea, like, do you have any theory as to what you heard? Like, I, I've read a lot of people online kind of kicking around different ideas of, of what it was. What do you think it is? Mm, I, I really don't know what to think. I, I've been trying to wrap my head around this whole thing since it happened. Mm -hmm. But I just don't know. I kind of go by what people are telling me what they think it is. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever you filmed is something unique. There's no, there's no question about that. Tell me about how it went from you filming the video to it becoming basically international news. Like people from all over are had been watching this video and sharing it. Like how did you get this out there? Mm, I just put it on YouTube because my mom wanted to hear it. Mm -hmm. mm. So I had no way to send her that file, uh, 300 megabyte file. Yeah. So I just up uploaded and then... From there, she shared it, and then her friends heard it and wondering and all that. And from there on, I guess it just blew up. Wow! Because it, it like how do you know how many views that video has had at this point? It was close to two point five million. Wow! And what do you think about that? Like all the different news articles and people writing about it. Like what do you what do you think of all this? Are you shocked? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause you, I think it's crazy. Yeah, but it's it's a like to be honest, it's an amazing video. Um, in, in your channel, like on YouTube, it seems like you're mostly doing like guitar and you know that sort of thing, and then just all of a sudden you have this video with millions of views of you filming God knows what in the woods. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, think it's cool too. Um, who like what kind of people have you heard from? Like, have you? I'm I'm assuming you got a lot of phone calls and messages and stuff about this. Like, what's what's going on with it? Mm, well, mostly I get it from hunters, just wanting to know what it is, and, mm -hmm. and reporters, of course. Mm -hmm. But I haven't talked to anybody in the academia or anything like that. Yeah. What I think is really cool with a video like this is is it it really gets the conversation going, and it almost encourages people to open their minds to interesting possibilities so mm -hmm. i think even if there's never an answer for what you came very close to out in the woods that day you definitely had you definitely um led to a lot of really interesting conversations yeah um will this change the way you act in the woods like are you a bit more cautious or a bit more you know keeping your your eyes and ears open when you're in there after this experience no, I just still the same way I was. You're a pretty down-to-earth guy, I take it. Yeah. <laughs> now, before we put a fork in this episode, I wanted to check in with a past guest of the show, as I knew he'd have something to say about this event. If you've been listening for any length of time, you'll know that this isn't the first time this show went in search of a Sasquatch. The prior episode on this topic was titled, Was It a Sasquatch in Pictou County? In that episode, I was joined by Miles McKenzie and his dad. They recounted a mid-2000s experience in which the pair and some members of Miles' track and field team had a close encounter with a beast they are left believing was also a Sasquatch. When I first heard the story of Gino's video, I thought of Miles and his story. And then, when I played close attention to the sound that Gino captured, I had a moment of uncomfort when I thought, this is exactly like the howl Miles had described. It sounded almost human, but almost animal. 
So to wrap this episode up, let's ship the show over to New Brunswick and meet up with our past guest, Miles McKenzie. I had to ask him if the sound Gino filmed in Ontario was anything at all like what he heard in Pictou County, Nova Scotia. Miles McKenzie, it's been uh, it's been a long time since we talked. How's how's life? Uh, life's good on on the up and up. Work is good. Family's good. Awesome. And you're you're known, I guess, around Nova Scotia as a bit of a, a Bigfoot celebrity. I was in I was in Pictou recently at a at a mall that really seemed like it was pulled straight out of the maybe the early '90s. I don't know if the if you know the mall I'm talking about, but uh, while I was there, I was in a. Um, I think it was in EB Games, and and I had a nighttime shirt on, and the girl recognized me and said and knew me from the episode we did about the the Bigfoot encounter you had in Picto. <laughs> she knew who you were, knew who I was, and knew that Bigfoot was likely in and around Picto County. Um, so, with that as your reputation, when this story of the Bigfoot or whatever it was recorded in Ontario, when that all happened. I'm guessing you heard from people right away. Tell me how you found out about this video. Um, so I woke up at about 6.30. Uh, I was getting ready for work, and I just checked my phone, and I had about nine text messages and a couple <laughs> Facebook messages all linking to the same story. Uh, so I wasn't entirely sure what it would be, but when I, I read the URL and it was the CTV news about the uh, a possible Sasquatch in Ontario, uh, and I had just gotten back from Algonquin Park not that long before that, and so... Uh, yeah, basically everyone that knows me uh, sent them sent them along to me right away, and uh, and so I read I read it and I listened to it, and uh, and I of course I texted any of the boys from the original encounter, and my dad, uh, let them know, sent them the story, and we were talking about it all over again. So let me just ask you, like, what did you think of the sound? Did it remind you at all of what you heard in Green Hill, on Green Hill Provincial Park? Yeah, it it, uh, it definitely made the hairs in my arms stand up on end uh, almost immediately. It didn't sound as uh, as deep like as as bassy, but that could be because like it's it's over the phone and everything else. And uh, and the, the the guy who who recorded it said it, it was like crazy loud from a kilometer away and really bassy. So maybe it's just something lost in translation. And uh, but it definitely I was I was just talking to my dad about it not that long ago and he said it reminded him because it sounded almost sorrowful like something was in pain and uh, in our encounter he he thought one of us got hurt because of just the way that the sound was mm-hmm. and so he he uh he said that really struck a chord with him with the new audio that came out of ontario he said it really reminded him of it because it sounded like something was hurt or trapped or or in some sort of pain and uh and that's what really made it seem very, very similar. So I'd say it was definitely one of those things that sounds almost human, but not. But it's it's close. Like it's it, there's enough there that it it, it like makes you feel uneasy uh, just listening to it, especially compared to uh, what we heard way back uh, when I was still in high school. And the boys said the same thing. Yeah, they had the same kind of feeling. That's interesting. And and, and like you said, like this this recording from Ontario, the guy Gino's his name. He thought he was about a kilometer away, and he's just holding his phone up. So it's not getting like your ear is going to hear it differently than a phone will pick up recording in the middle of the woods. You know, a sound that that's far away. So it's um, he described it like Gino when I talked to him. He said what you hear in the recording isn't as intense as the way it sounded when he was there. There. So it's like when you listen to a lion roar on YouTube, you're like, oh yeah. But if you hear one roar in the zoo, it's like 
it's a scary sound. It's scarier in person, that's for a, sure. That's a perfect analogy for it. Well, like, what in the end, what does it make you feel like? Like, I, I expect people think you're a little nuts for claiming you, you <laughs> likely saw a Sasquatch, but does this maybe give you a bit more confidence? Yeah, I, I think, like, with what I heard and what was recorded in Ontario, I think that it's, it's not a, a, an unreasonable leap to think that, even though we might not know exactly what it is, whether it's a Sasquatch or um, something that is identifiable, but the fact that it's not leaves the door open and that the two noises are similar enough together that it makes me feel a little bit better that maybe I didn't just misidentify something. Maybe there is something out there in Nova Scotia, in Ontario, wherever, that we just, we just haven't found yet, that we don't know what the noise is. And, uh, yeah, that, that gives me some confidence that I'm not just part of a, like a mass hallucination or something. If you're still with me, thanks for coming along on this weird ride. Regardless of what you think about the topic of Bigfoot, we can probably agree on a few things. First, Canada's forests undoubtedly hold many mysteries waiting to be uncovered. And secondly, Gino recorded something unique and something we can't definitively explain. Whatever it was, it's not for me to say. I think it's much better left argued about in the many comment sections the internet offers. Now, before we wrap things up, I want to end with some thanks. First, a massive thank you to Gino Mikas for both pulling out his phone when things got weird and also for sharing the background with us. Next, a big thanks to writer-slash-journalist MJ Vinayas. MJ's work is amazing, and he always manages to dig up something interesting. Here's how you can follow along with MJ. Um, my website is www.mjbanias.com. Uh, through there, you can find my personal blog, my YouTube channel, links to my book, as well as all of my articles on, on vice, popular mechanics, and the rest. I'd also like to give a big thanks to Miles McKenzie for again coming on Nighttime to talk Bigfoot. If anyone wants more Miles, the best thing you can do is buy the amazing beer he brews. He's responsible for the award-winning beer that Pickaroons in Fredericton, New Brunswick is famous for. And I'd also like to shout out to the recording artist Shadow Vibe. This artist from Saudi Arabia provided the ambient theme that backdrops much of this episode. I have a link to their work in the show notes. And of course, as usual, the biggest thanks of all goes out to everyone listening. Without you, I'd have no excuse to spend so much of my time putting this show together. For anyone out there who'd like more nighttime, please consider supporting my Patreon campaign. For a dollar a month, you can access the ad-free premium feed, which provides early releases of the episodes. And then, for just a couple dollars more, you can access the Nightcap After Show, in which I and a guest will climb even further down the rabbit hole than what you'll hear in the main feed. You can join my Patreon and access the supporter content by visiting patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And with that said, I'd like to thank the current patrons of the show and welcome some new members to the group. Katie, Christine, and Mark, I appreciate your generous support of Nighttime. For anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't help financially, you can give me a big hand simply by telling your friends about me and leaving a positive review on whichever podcast platform you use. If any of you listening want to stay up to date with my activities on and off the show, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I use the handle at NighttimePod. 
And of course, if you have any story ideas or would like to provide some feedback on the show, I'd love to hear from you at nighttimepodcast at gmail.com. Now, until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. Yeah, for your own, like, personal benefit on the side, uh, there was a report in 2012 from uh, Alert Bay in BC, and it's on CTV, but uh, you should listen to that. It sounds super similar to what was recorded in Ontario, yeah. The Black Scourge ravaged Europe, and the great cities were destroyed. Survivors flooded north where Viking longboats ferried them to the New World. As the trail of refugees grew, so too did the ships, and soon massive multi-decked Viking galleys trolled the wine-dark seas, building medieval cities along every coast. I'm Jordan Harbour. Come join me at the Twilight Histories podcast, where you will experience exotic worlds like this one, worlds that never existed in our timeline. An Aztec empire built by Spanish steel, a Carthaginian colony on Mars, an Egypt that never fell. Listen with the lights off and allow the images to take you away. Listen to the Twilight Histories podcast.